Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. We're on episode 68, Understand Your Superpowers. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to teams, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also, as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here. Because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. If you're a leader, you have power. If you're an aspiring leader or an informal leader, you will need it. Power is about influence, and it is about achieving results. Sometimes I think it's difficult to consider power without thinking about politics, and I don't know about you, but I hate politics or what I consider playing politics. In fact, there is an assessment that I did many years ago. It was a leadership assessment about various characteristics, and one of them was called maneuvering. And maneuvering was about how much energy do you get with risk and change and looking for options or taking advantage of opportunities. I thought of this as kind of a gigantic chessboard. Do you see people and systems and organizations, and do you take advantage of opportunities to move the chess pieces to accomplish your goals. Well, um, not me. I got a 10 out of 100. So um, I'm not very good at that, or I don't prefer it. But I saw an article, and this was a long time ago by um, an IT leader, and his name was Art Petty. And he talked about some unavoidable facts of organizational life. And I want to pull a few of them together here, because I think they really help set the stage for what power is relative to politics. So what he stated, everywhere humans gather, a political environment emerges. And of course, that makes sense, right? There's human dynamics, there's people with different power bases. So there is going to be politics. Number two, he said, in every political environment, some individuals develop more influence than others. We see that, right? Probably day to day, month to month, year to year. Number three, Those who have the most influence decide what gets done and who does what. And number four, he said, influence doesn't accrue accidentally. It takes deliberate effort to cultivate the right relationships. I thought, yes, I believe all of that. And at the heart of this, it is about influence. And back in 1959, two social psychologists, John French and Bertram Raven, studied and identified five bases of power. This was also followed by some subsequent work that Raven did in 1965, and he identified actually a sixth 
one. But they're talking about bases of power. And French and Raven identified that your bases of power allows you to socially influence others. And do we want to do that? Of course we do. So they defined then social influence as this, and this is in quotes, a change in the belief, attitude, or behavior of a person, meaning the target of the influence, which results from the action of another person, aka the influencing agent. So they defined social power as the potential for having that kind of influence. That is the ability of the agent to bring about a change using available resources. Now, that was a lot of words French and Raven had to describe power and social influence. I'm going to summarize it by saying, as a leader, you need to get shit done. So can we all agree to that? And the more power you have, the more shit you can get done. All right, so I want to go through the types of power that they identified. And what I want you to be thinking about is, What do you have and what do you want more of? Three of these kinds of power are actually positional or formal power, meaning you have a job that says you are a leader or a manager, whatever that is, it gives you the power because of the nature of your title. The three kinds of positional power are one, legitimate. Legitimate means you have the formal title or role of a leader and you can tell people what to do. And most frequently, they will do it. What I think is so interesting about this power, the legitimate power, is it's not necessarily about you. It's people are obeying or compliant to the position, not just you. And what we've learned is that doesn't take you very far as a leader. People don't want to just obey. Most people want to know why they're, of course, doing what they're doing and to have more of a purpose. So that's important to recognize when one has legitimate power. Number two is reward power, which means you have the ability to dole out rewards for people doing what needs to be done. Now, I think of reward power, and I think that can also occur outside of a formal position. Maybe you are one of those people that consistently recognizes or praises people or thank you or do small, kind gestures that reinforce people. That gives you power because people appreciate being rewarded and recognized for things they do. But typically, it's also associated with formal power. And then the third is coercive power. Coercive power means that you have the power to force someone to do something. I think about this in a couple of ways. As a manager, I have to uphold the standards and the policies and procedures. And when someone is not doing that, I have to enforce those things and make sure people are following the standards. But coercive power isn't just that implied threat, um, although it could be, but it also could be about getting someone to do something that needs to be done because you have to hold them accountable. So I even think about a applying pressure to someone in a sense of formal feedback or written feedback or someone on a performance improvement plan is a form to me of coercive power because you are trying to uphold something and get them to do something that they have not been doing. The three types of positional or formal power are legitimate, reward, and coercive. 
But then beyond the title, for all of you, whether you're a leader or not, you can have some personal power or informal power. And especially for all of those who are maybe newer in your career or you're not yet a leader, think about these and what you have and what you want. Number four is expert power. And expert power means you have extensive knowledge or skills in a certain area. If you have subject matter expertise in something, that gives you power because you get to shape the thoughts and idea of other people's around you by sharing that knowledge. Of course, this is so important to be thinking about how do you deliver that expert power? Are you doing it in a way that is engaging and sharing and mentoring and collaborative or not, because people can take advantage of that kind of power. But most commonly subject matter knowledge or expertise that gives you the power to influence others. Number five is reverent power. And this is all about interpersonal abilities, personality or charisma. We can think about that from a marketing perspective and think of celebrities endorsing certain things. They have influence over us because they have reverent power. We aspire to be like certain people. And maybe you're not very celebrity oriented, but chances are there is someone in the public world or even in your family or your social network who has that kind of personality that you want their energy, you want to be around them. And when they suggest something, they have an ability to influence you because of their warmth and charm. The next one that Raven added in 1965 as a separate and sixth base of power was called informational power. Informational power means you can provide information to someone in a way that results in them thinking or acting differently think about how much information there is out there in the world. I mean, it is completely overwhelming. And that's also, I think, a superpower to be able to assimilate so much information and present it in a way that's compelling. If you have that ability, you likely have informational power. And then I'm going to add a bonus one, a bonus power base that I saw somewhere and I can't for the life of me find where this came from, but I saw it as connection power. And I thought, huh, in today's world, when we are in the era of social media and influencers, Connection power is the ability to know a big, broad network of people, a large and expansive network of people, and that you can help make connections within an audience or across audiences. Even though today we have so many forms of social media, I think the irony is sometimes we're actually less connected because we connect more with our own group or the people who think or do similar things than we do. So someone who has the opportunity to connect you to others, there's a lot of power in that. So the three types of positional or formal power are legitimate reward or coercive. And then the four kinds of personal or informal power are expert, reverent, informational, and connection. I think it's really helpful to understand what you have 
and what you want more of and to cultivate your power bases. And think about your use of power. There are positive examples of all of these power bases and their use. There are definitely some negative ways to use these power bases. And I want to give you just some very quick examples. And I bet you can think of others and add to this list. Think about legitimate power negatively applied when we just rely on our status to get compliance from others. Do it because I said so. There's kind of an implied threat there, but I am using my status to tell you what to do. I'm not giving you the why or doing something else other than using my title. Also reward power. I think of this early in my career, and I think these days there's a lot more emphasis on intrinsic motivation, but at that time, there was a lot of focus on extrinsic motivators, the reward. You get this when you give that, and that can definitely be overused. When I feel like I have to do something and then get something and then do something else and get something else, that kind of reward power is really not sustainable because then what can happen with your target audience is a sense of entitlement. And then also the perception can be from a a power perspective that you're holding that thing over me. And I actually withhold rewards until you give me what I want. And that's an inappropriate use of reward power. Coercive power, I bet you have examples of this being inappropriately or negatively applied, but embarrassing other people in a meeting. So if you have that power, maybe giving them feedback publicly. I was at a conference just a few weeks ago and a manager of the conference center was literally yelling at an employee because a sign was crooked. He was applying coercive power towards her because of something that he perceived wasn't well done. We can also think of expert power and using that in a negative way. Have you ever been in a situation where someone was withholding information to retain maybe their status or their security in their role or people who have expert power, but they aren't changing as work standards change and maybe becoming biased in their knowledge based on past experiences. And they aren't open to thinking of new ways to do things because of their traditional knowledge or maybe knowledge that may be outdated. Reverent power Well, think of, and this is terrible, but like a cult leader, that they use charm and likability to get what they need, but they're manipulating people. Or if someone uses reverent power to actually exclude some people from being in the in-group or in that clique, that's another really negative use of that power. For informational power, a negative example would be sharing confidential information with someone. And I put this in air quotes to build trust with someone. We think, I'm going to tell you this secret information. And I'm actually not building trust with you. I'm actually showing that I can't be trusted with confidential information, which I think is very ironic. But a lot of times people do that to to connect with someone else or withholding information that actually could be shared and would be helpful, but is not. 
So both of those would be negative examples of informational. And then connection power could be used inappropriately by, you know, people that are just name droppers or using a connection with someone else who does have power to manipulate or pressure someone else to do something. So when you look at all those examples, there are all kinds of ways that power can be abused. And I think we all know that because We've probably had experiences in our life in which that has happened in some way, shape, or form. And then we think about power connected to people playing politics. And I think sometimes those two concepts go hand in hand. But I want you to separate those out and just think about your power and how you use it, but also people around you and how they use it. Because part of understanding these power bases is knowing what your superpowers are. You always have power. It's just a matter of knowing what it is and how to strengthen it or how to get more of it. And to the extent you want to lead, you will need to focus on power and the appropriate use of it. Because as we said earlier, power is about influencing people to go where you want them to go. So let's say you're early on in your career and you're either an aspiring manager or leader. Think about leaning into your interpersonal skills because reverent power or likability can go a long way to building rapport and trust and credibility. In fact, Susan Fiske, Amy Cuddy, and Peter Glick did research on how we form impressions of people and the two areas that were identified, and this was also identified across 37 countries, were warmth and competence. So when I look back at the power bases, that combination of reverent power and expert power can be very impactful. So maybe you don't have all the experience that you want or need right now because you're early on in your career. Really focus on warmth, social skills, soft skills, interpersonal skills, and that will be tremendously helpful for you as you build your credibility. And because so many of you listening to this podcast, I know are working managers, meaning you're leading people, but you also have some subject matter expertise. In the next episode, we're going to actually talk about best practices for honing and thoughtfully applying expert power. How do you do that? And how do you be a good coach and mentor to others to build their expert power? In the meantime, pay attention to those around you. Look for people utilizing legitimate reward, coercive, expert, reverent, informational, and connection power appropriately and inappropriately, even for the next week, and you will be fascinated with what you see. And then seek to understand your superpowers and get to developing them. I am so excited to tell you about a new opportunity for leadership development. If you're an emerging or experienced leader, check out our new public workshops. They're going to be held monthly, two-hour micro-learning modules, virtual classroom, connect, learn, build your power, build your confidence. Check it out at www.intentionalleaders.com.